All right, hey everybody, it's time to talk about uh, Season 1, Episode 2, Chapter 2, actually, of The Mandalorian. I don't know if Chapter 1 had a name. Chapter 2 does have a name, uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. It uh, starts with a recap. Oh, by the way, if you don't watch The Mandalorian, don't worry about it. You won't. You'll sleep through this one. But it starts with a recap. I will help you couple notes I looked up, uh, Muppet Babies, E.T. Finger. Uh, then there's the Lucasfilm, the Star, the new Star Wars kind of Marvel-esque opening, some drums. Oh, I didn't look this up because I looked up platypuses too many times or platypi. But I put a platypus something we see kind of sniffing. Well, I guess if it's a platypus, it wouldn't be sniffing around. Well, I don't know. Do platy- can platypuses smell? I don't know. I mean, I know. We, can you smell a platypus? Uh, that would be another children's book one day. I mean, I know it doesn't look really like a platypus, but I got to do it. You know, platypus is one of those things you could talk about. On, uh, that's a creature you could talk about on a sleep podcast. Uh, we see some boots made for walking, and that's just what they do. A canyon. Uh, kind of like a little bit like uh, reminding me of the part of Bryce Canyon I've never been in. I don't know, is this the first time we see the floating pram? I don't know if it is. Uh, that would be a good magician. Or was that over in Encyclopedia Brown, the case of the floating pram? This one floats on air, though. Uh, then the platypi are watching the float. They say, we've never even, we're platypuses. We've never seen a pram before, but we've definitely never seen a floating pram. Uh, and the Muppet Baby, uh, which has multiple nicknames from me, watches uh, the Platypi. Uh, it's a Mando. It's the Mandalorian, who occasionally I call Mando. Stops. Uh, there's a cool shadow in the background, but the Mandalorian is ready. And then we get some Mando moves. They said, "Holy Mando moves!" Exclamation point. And we get a. Uh, uh, let's see, Mando moves. We're okay. Baby's okay though. A lot more fobs looking for this baby. Uh, so much. This was there's so many Mando moves that the man Mandalorian had to breathe. Uh, zoom, and then the episode opens. Chapter two: The Child and uh, right beacon repairs lantern. Okay, this is night. That actually says. Uh, and it's not a beacon, it's a lantern. And the Mandalorian's doing some repairs. Uh, Yodapu, that's the first one, watches uh, the Mandalorian doing some repairs. And then Yodapu gets out, tries to do, tries to help. Uh, Mandalorian's doing some breathing, a lot of breathing. Uh, Yodapu reaches out, he says, get back in your crib, kid. He goes back to work, and then he's trying to fix his breastplate, which also needed to be rewired. Is this the right sequence? I, I guess, like, uh, oh, because when is this from? Oh, because this is from, like, the end of the last episode. That's right. Watching too much Mandalorian, that's why. Uh, oh, now it's Kid Yoda who's back. Uh, we, we He says, no, 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 I don't need your help. Back in the crib, we see Kid Yoda's baby teeth. Uh, then there's some big music, and you see, what is this big music for? Oh, it's sun sunrise, uh, and then the man, just a mando and a baby walking, 
than noise music. I don't know what that means, but that'll come in important later in a different way. So I don't know if it was the same noise music. Uh, then we see Jawas, uh, that's J-A-W-A-S, I believe, scavengers. Uh, they have the big tank building because they, they're, they're, they're scavenging. Uh, they strip down the Mandalorian ship. And they take they they took some of the parts I guess were already on board the big tank a crawling fortress I think is what he calls it later. It has four tracks. They take off with what they had. Uh, they they leave a few behind a few Jawas behind. And Mando jumps on board. Uh, cradle the cradle in pursuit. Uh, that was my like probably my favorite part of this part of the episode. You say, got it, cradle in pursuit. You say, I'm sorry, did you say, are you in pursuit of a cradle? Like, you're going to get one? No, no, no. I'm watching a cradle pursuing a Mandalorian, climbing on a, uh, whatever it's called, movable fortress. And you say, okay, I don't know. Uh, We see the Jawas internal communication, like their little phone. Uh, We hear a ha, ha, ha. There's some rock dodging. Yeah, but don't worry. But don't come a knocking because this cradle's still coming. It, it it's still moving. This cradle, the cradle, this cradle has top speeds. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be that fast. Uh, rock clock with garbage. Uh, oh, rock climbing. The Mandalorian's doing some rock climbing, kind of like a climbing gym moves. Uh, and the Jawas are throwing garbage at him. Uh, I didn't write the time down, but it's when the Mandalorian's cl- climbing. There's like a 10 out of 10 level uh, sound effect. Uh, I mean, really, this is uh, thoughtful. I mean, uh, it's a piece of metal like flapping down and it actually has a piece of metal flapping down sound effect. And these are the little things that really, uh, I mean, there's other things that are impressive, but that's really impressive to me. Uh, then there's some helmet. Oh, uh, there are a couple. Uh, it's a good thing if you're a Mandalorian. There's a reason why you should always wear your helmet, especially when like uh, iceberg lettuce is falling and bouncing off it from the Jawas. They said, "Here, take this cabbage. We're not making any stew later because we want to get you out of here." Even gets prodded. Uh, excuse me, Mandalorian. I'm going to prod you about something. Then he's climbing on this crane, which seems to be easier to break than it should have been. But maybe the Jawas scavenged it from somewhere. And then the Mando gets on board of the uh, top of the ship, like the, the which would I call it, VIP deck if it had one. And I don't know anything about Jawas. I mean, other than, you know, what I've seen in two or three movies, but... uh if there was a VIP deck for Jawas, that's where he is, but only for a few seconds. Then he says, they say, you don't have the wristband for this level. And he goes and takes a nap. Uh, oh, this one I said, Yoda, who so cute, uh, 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 is watching him nap. He wakes up, uh, him and, uh, the movable pram with Yoda, so cute, uh, uh, go back to a ship, not good. There's wires, which is not good. Lots of missing stuff. 
I mean, Yoda, Yoda, oh, so cute. His ears move so many times. Uh, I don't know if Yoda has his baby. He has, a, like, a baby fur on a bit uh, on his head that I just noticed. Uh, working stalls. Uh, oh, the ship won't start. Uh, fumble jumps, uh, 10-10. Oh, okay, this is 10-10. This is worth watching. If you're a Mandalorian fan or a fan of having a safe place that is paradoxical a little bit, uh, at 10-10, 10 minutes and 10 seconds, Mandalorian kind of fumble jumps down the ladder. And then he goes into that, what is it called? The oxygen, like the cryo thing. And he just lays there. I mean, he doesn't turn it on. It kind of clears his mind and take a big breath. It, it was like, again, another amazing moment. He kind of just sits down. He says, he's, he has this WTF moment. Uh, and then baby, oh, so cute, waddles up to him and gives him a cute look. Uh, and he says, okay, I got to keep going. It, it also, like, I guess I talked about this early, even though some of this hasn't happened yet, but we do get a lot of human sides in Mandalorian, particularly in this episode, right? He's, he's a little bit, uh, persnickety. I don't know. Like what is, is that a real word? Uh, he can be a grouch like me. Sometimes he needs a little Mando time to think things out. Uh, so then they get off the ship, they go for a walk. There's walking music. There's journey wipes, which I don't know if we've seen journey wipes yet. And I had forgotten about them. I don't even know if they were only in the first Star Wars or what. They're like those old video effects. Uh, and I don't even know if that's what they're called. But I also could, they could be a brand. We could call, sell them as Mandalorian journey wipes. Uh, they could just be whatever those things are. You know, they, like a hot towel, wet one, wet nap, whatever they're called. But we'd call them journey wipes. But it's also a video effect. Now it's sunset, which I thought was a nice touch since it started out in the day. And they go back to Windmill Outpost with uh, at the Ron Perlman estate, uh, even though it's not Ron Perlman's voice. Uh, and uh, Baby Yoda, ooh, so cute, says the frogs are tasty. And I really like some of this style. Like This was the fuss. Uh, Mandalorian says, I think it is a child. Uh, he says, my ship's destroyed. He goes, nope, stripped and not destroyed. Makes no difference to me. Which is, so the Mandalorian, I put, oh, whoa. Because the Mandalorian does get it down in the dumps every once in a while. He does need characters or uh, NPCs or whatever to, to, uh, to, he can't do it all alone. He does need help. And uh, sometimes it's just someone believing I don't know. I like that. He's, oh, man, I'm toast. Uh, he goes, you can trade with them. Uh, I've spoken. And he says, hey, spit that out. Uh, what did I put? H-H-H. Uh, or four, four backwards, four, four. Probably a sound effect or something. Or maybe that's the sound the baby made. I've never seen that symbol. I can't even imagine what it is. It looks like I wrote four backwards, fours except there's only three. Then it's raining, and they're on a sled. It's slow. And they, this, oh, crawling fortress. That's what the Jawas thing's called. Believe it or not, I've already fallen behind the episode. There's a Jawas sorting party. He says, uh, they don't really like you. He goes, well, 
Then the Jawas, doors open. They say, you're not getting your parts back. Uh, uh, he says, uh, he gets grouchy. I think they said, he, he, toodaloo. It might be one of the, something in Jawanese. I didn't hear Hakuna Matata in this episode, but that doesn't mean someone didn't say it. Uh, peaceful. Oh, Yodi. That's what I put. Yodi this time. I uh, watch is, uh, I like how they kind of all sit down and I like, uh, I know, the Mandalorian, at first he sits cross-legged, but now he's like leaned back with one knee up and his arm on his knee, which is like a classic parlay position. I guess we'll call for that from now on. You say, what are you, like, uh, getting some of the Bordeaux photography done or whatever? No, no, I'm in parlay position. I mean, I guess you did, like, I don't think parlay position is so great. I mean, it's great for looking good. You might say, Scooch, what is parlay position, even though we're in the middle of this episode? I say, okay, sit down on your bottom, on the ground, okay, not on a chair. Now put both your legs in front of you, like uh, extended, like you were going to do some toe-touching or something. Now, now bring one knee up to your chest area. Uh, I think you're supposed to kick back, though, in some other way. Maybe th- then roll over onto your hip with your extended leg, and then you kind of put your arm on your knee that's up towards your chest. Um, I don't know, I kept talking so long, the video moved without me, but uh, that's parlay position. Uh, or, you know, lounging. I mean, it could also be when someone's feeding you grapes or something. These are my parts, he says. Uh, all the Jawa laugh at him because he's in my, they say, you talk Jawa like a Wookiee. They, first they want the best car steal. He goes, no. Then he tells him to stay away from babies. Then they say, egg. Ron Perlman kind of says, not the egg. And they say, suga, suga, uh, which must be the egg. Then there's driving music, uh, which is very good. And it's also, this is another small scene. Mandalorian is in the cabin of the rolling fortress or whatever, crawling fortress. He's kind of packed in there with the Jawas. He bumps his head. One of them looks at him and he says, Suga. In a very minion-esque, but in a good way, like in a way that wasn't, uh, I don't know. You see, well, I guess the Jawas were around before minions and they're not really minions. They're doing their own thing. So they more bear a similarity to each other. Uh, then he heads out with the baby, which makes sense because he said, I'm not going to leave this baby with any anybody. Uh, yeah, so the him and the baby and the the portable, the whatever they call it, the floating pram. Did I call it that? That might have been a Scooby-Doo episode, the case of the floating pram. But again, I think that would be a good magic trick with no, you know, no children involved. Even a 50-year-old baby, oh, so cute. So they go into a small valley, or I don't know what a gully is, but this could be a gully. Uh, Then we see a little cavey-poo, spelunking time, he says. uh, And he says, my lad, stay behind and wait for me. You know, I wouldn't leave you with Jawas, but I will leave you out here in this canyon alone. Just for a moment. Uh, he checks his gear. The baby watches. He kind of creeps into the Spelunky. He puts on a headlamp. I don't know if that was a clip-on or um, 
if it was something that pops out of his helmet. Uh, but he does have a, a headlamp. We see kind of furry mud, very muddy, because, of course, it rained earlier. Then we see an eye. Uh, then we see the ba- baby, oh, so cute, oh, so cute, uh, watching. And then um, the Mandalorian gets bounced out of the spelunky poo. Now, this is another place, again, I guess I really have a lot of positive things to say about this episode. I mean, I'm not even talking about the, I, I really enjoyed the episode the story and stuff, but this is another one really worth your time, uh, 1753 or so. And I think I actually had a dream about this last night. That's how much meaning it has to me. But again, I make audio. So it's 1753, uh, the Mandalorian comes out and then there's like, uh, you think there's a, like a, a, a pause of, of a beat or two, uh, but start watching it when baby yo, yo, so cute is watching. And then the Mandalorian gets booted because there's this music that starts up that has like this industrial kind of feel to it, uh, that really works uh, for the scene. Ian is just cool, as it, I, I, I got to say it, AF. Uh, I mean, it is forking great. Uh, it just has, like, I remember, I don't know, I don't know if industrial music's still a thing. Uh, it maybe reminds me of, like, ministry. I don't know if that's what comes to my mind, but it's not probably that intense just because it, but it underlies, I don't know, it just really, really works. Uh, I mean, I, I rewatch it. But, I mean, believe me, I've seen these episodes quite a few times. And it goes in. It, it, it it's only it's not in the whole sequence because there's so much action. Because what happens next is uh, uh, this is like this mud pie dance thing that that uh, the Mandalorian does uh, with uh, with uh, Mama Suga. Uh, which maybe this is where the idea for that product Suguru came from, which you kind of use to fix stuff or clip stuff. Or at least I do. But so the, they do this mud pie dancing where you make mud pies and you do interpretive dance with it. Uh, and the Mandalorian, not good at it. So it doesn't go well for the Mandalorian. And every time you don't uh, do a dance that's cons- the other person considers graceful, you have to put a mud pie on your head and let it trickle. You know, so very soon he's covered in mud. And it also involves dancing and mud pie making in the mud. So he gets very tired. He still gets up every time to keep trying. And then in the end, uh, baby, oh so Yoda, not oh so Raven, but oh so Yoda helps him with the mud dance. Music starts up again, I think. Uh, oh, no, then there's like this Metallica. Again, I don't know, I don't know a lot about music or sound design, but holy, I know when I like it. Uh, and not in a way in a, in a way that's if it's uh, that I only notice it on the second or third or fourth time I watch the episode, not the first time. Uh, but so, what's oh also his breastplate got ruined, but so then uh, he wins the, the suga. Uh, but even Baby Yoda's tired, so everybody takes a rest and naps. Uh, baby Yoda, baby oh so Yoda sleeps. Uh, Mando gets up, he goes back into the cave. Oh, then he gets the Suguru, which is a furry Cadbury egg. Uh, 
Oh, I forgot. It looked like it was uh, something related to Snuffleupagus for Big Bird's imaginary friend. He's like, Snuffleupagus is Big Bird's imaginary friend, I think. Uh, then the Jawas uh, ready to go. Mando shows up just in time. They say Suga, which made me want to say banana. Then they eat the Cadbury egg. It was just a giant Cadbury egg, like the one of those ones they sell where they say, yeah, you could get the world's, you know, it wouldn't be the world's largest one, but, you know, eight-pound Cadbury egg, you know, and it's some ridiculous price, like 129 bucks. Uh, but that's what you win for the mud pie dance. Uh, they only like the yellow part of the Cadbury egg. Uh, Mando says, uh, surprise you waited, Ron. And he says, surprise you took so long. Then they do a trip back, baby sleeps, uh, big load of parts, uh, more good dialogue, especially when you think about the story-wise. He says, explain it to me again. And the Mando gets down again. It reminds me, I mean, uh, uh, so Mandalorian kind of reminds me of me, except for, his, you know, except for his, he's got a lot of skills and stuff, but his attitude at least. Uh, so he says, there's no way this is going to work. Uh, and uh, he says, Ron promises, you know, if you care to help, it'll, there's much work to do. Also, I realize that it happens again with Sunrise, uh, but there's a building sequence with music, uh, which is kind of a standard uh, the, the kind of montage. The ship end, ends up looking really good. They do these last tests. This is another thing I really liked, a little piece of dialogue. Uh, the Mandalorian says, I can't thank you enough. Uh, and then the guy, guy says, well, you were my guest. Uh, and he goes, I could use you for a crew. The guy says, yo, I'm a retired. Uh, no thanks. And the Mandalorian says, all I can offer is my thanks. Uh, I don't know. I really, really. Uh, and I think, I mean, I don't know if this is true. But when you think about the difficulty of the, the acting and the direction and the writing of having a character who may never take their helmet off, we just don't know, and wanting us to, to identify with the character. These moments are really important, I think. Uh, and, I mean, it won me over. I mean, I, I think I already... Because, I mean, the first episode, the first time of this series, you might say, well, this is going to be tough uh, uh, to have an, like this deeper emotional connection to this main character. So I don't know. I think these are very creative choices. I just uh, I'm impressed uh, in, in in a way that I just enjoy. Uh, so anyway, and then he says, "I have good luck with the child." Uh, I've spoken. Yeah, as Amanda watches him get off, and then the theme music builds. I put baby on board. He starts the ship up. They head off into space. Uh, he checks up the ba- he checks out the baby. Yeah, he kind of, he says, wake up, sweet little, sweet little yodi 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 uh, And then the baby doesn't wake up, and then he goes back to flying, and the baby does. Uh, and the baby wakes, and then the ship goes off. Uh, and then, you know, I'd like to watch the whole credits, because I like the whole, the, the, the whole, whatever, Mandalorian theme. I don't know what it's called. I should do. We're trying to avoid any, any Star Wars stuff. Uh, just to see how it goes with this, because uh, I think we, we, there's just so much here by itself. 
Uh, but I, I don't know. I like the. I guess you said, well, I'm watching the credits, but I still don't. You're right. Uh, there was nine paintings in this set of credits. And actually, it's going to come up right now. Now Baby Yoda's waking up uh, and looking over. Mandalorian's looking out. Baby Yoda's looking at the Mandalorian, kind of grinning. And the ship heads off into space. And does it do a jump or does it just, you know, no, and then there's a wipe. Okay, so first painting is the Mandalorian in the floating pram walking in the canyon. Uh, then the second one is a Mandalorian getting, like they say, you don't have a VIP pass to the VIP deck. Uh, then there's one of him in the dust with a, um, the Cadbury egg. Then there's him and uh, uh, his the, the, the other character, uh, like Campfire, talking about parts. Uh, then there's the um, Jawa freighter thing. Then there's Mandalorian walking into the um the the Spelunku Then there's uh, him meeting his uh, dancer for the mud pie dance off. Uh, then there's them working on the ship at night um, and some nice night shots. Then Mandalorian walking to a ship carrying baby. Oh, so yo, oh, so cutie, oh, oh. And actually, wait a second, uh, just want to have one more thing. I guess I don't have the ability to s- zoom in here, but uh, I wonder what's in the reflection of the baby Yoda's eyes there. I don't know. So that's the end of the episode. That's not uh, the end of our discussion, though. Uh, let's see. We got more to talk about. Believe me, B. Uh, so let's see what we got here. Mando two in my notes. Okay. So, uh, so this baby Yoda as it's being called. And I know I realize it's not baby Yoda. It's a creature with the same lineage as Yoda possibly. Uh, but it did remind me of the Muppet babies. I mean, baby Yoda is very cute. Very, very, I'm assuming it's a puppet. And uh, not to, to spoil it, but it did remind me of the TV show Muppet babies, which is a version on now. But there was also a version on when I was young, which I thought would have thought was in the 90s. Uh, if I had to guess, I would have said, yeah, like uh, Muppet Babies, 1991 to 1995. But it was 1984, uh, which was originally known as Jim Henson's Muppet Babies. It was an animated show on CBS from uh, 84 to 91. And the show portrays childhood versions of the Muppets living in a nursery under the care of a woman identified only as the nanny, uh, who appears in every episode, but his face is never uh, visible. Uh, The idea of presenting the Muppets as children was in a dream sequence in the Muppets Take Manhattan, uh, where uh, Miss Piggy had a man. I'm going to have to rewatch shows on Disney Plus. it was produced by Jim Henson Productions and Marvel Productions, and now, though now Disney has the rights to both. Uh, though the episodes are 30 minutes, it was typically shown in 60 or 90 minute blocks. Uh, and there's a reboot on. But listen to this some of the voices uh, uh, Greg Berg, Barbara Billingsley, Kate Lee. Lori O'Brien, Russ, Russie Taylor, Frank Welker, Howie Mandel, Dave Coulier, 
Uh, let's see. Overview. A large nursery. Uh, there's a lot of imagination. Uh, it had 13. It had the first two seasons were 13 episodes. The third was 16. Fourth was 18. Fifth was 13. I don't know if it was a Saturday morning or an after. I guess with 13 episodes, probably Saturday afternoon. I don't know. Sorry, Saturday uh, morning. It had Kermit, uh, Miss Biggie, Fozzie, Animal, Scooter, Skeeter, Rolf, and Gonzo. Uh, Honeydew, Beaker, and Camilla also appeared. Bean Bunny, Stalder, and Sadler, and Waldorf. Also, Janice and Robin also appear. Yeah, let's see, production. This is all from Wikipedia. Oh, that's our main source for everything. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan in 84 was the third length Muppet film. Uh, as we said, uh, let's see. They turned the idea in a half-hour cartoon program. In order for 107 episodes, uh, they used two different companies uh, in Japan and Korea. Uh, let's see, productions. Uh, uh, it was highly popular, ran on CBS, uh, the height of its popularity, ran in two or three episode blocks. Uh, for, a free, for a brief run its second season, it became known as uh, Muppets, Babies, and uh, oh, there was another show that came after that, that, uh, like Little Muppet uh, um, Platypus and... Uh, Oh, he even had to replace the Garbage Pail Kids. That was, I guess, a show. Uh, relaunching popular cartoon characters as young. It started a trend of uh, relaunching cartoon characters as babies. I mean, I definitely remember. I mean, I could sing you the, the thing. I'll have to watch the new one. Uh, let's see. There's no announced plans of DVD releases, but I wonder if the old one is on Disney Junior. I mean, Disney Plus. Uh, so this is a Disney Plus, or that's the um, old one. Now, the other one just started in 2018, 2018. And it's computer animated on Disney Junior. It, it, it targeted children four to seven. It's a reboot. I don't know what that means. Uh, but it does have Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, and Animal. Also has Nanny uh, and uh, Summer Penguin. That's a new Muppet. Uh, second season came out this summer, so probably be in the thir- third season. Let's see what else we could use. Uh, uh, oh, Jenny Slate is uh, one of the voices. Wow, that's cool. That's real cool. I wonder, let's see who, who she voices. Uh, Miss Nanny, wow. I don't know. This is, I guess, an ABC. So this is an ABC one. Uh, that's impressive. Uh, it's cool that some of these people get to be, you know, on the Muppets. Uh, uh, let's see. Disney Junior. I don't know. We'll see if it, a season three, I would presume it would get, re, you know. Okay. Speaking of the 80s, so. There's a few shots of the Mandalorian kind of reaching his finger out towards baby. Oh, so cute. Uh, so 
It made me look up the movie E.T., which I thought I was going to look up last episode. I guess I didn't. It came out in 1982, and I don't know if people still watch E.T. I know I think my daughter watched it with her mom, but I, I, I'm always like, uh, I don't think, I mean, I've seen like clips of it, but I haven't seen the movie in a long time. And I guess I'd prefer to just see it as the whole movie. It was a science fiction movie about a kid who finds an extraterrestrial and learns to love. I mean, I think uh, uh, Drew Barrymore, Henry Thomas, Peter Coyote, D. Wallace, uh, Elliot's the kid, and E.T. is the uh, extraterrestrial. It was a, a Steven Spielberg movie produced by Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Universal and Amblin. It uh, cost, the budget was $10.5 million. It made seven ninety two. It got re-released in 1995 and 2002. I don't think I went and saw it in 2002. That's too bad. And it was the highest grossing film of all time until uh, Jurassic Park in 1993. I won't talk about the plot, uh, but, uh, you know, it's about phoning home. Call your mother already. That's just like with uh, the voice memos, I say. Call your mother. Uh, Carl Rimbaldi was the, uh, uh helped, uh, create E.T. and look, um, and Kathleen Kennedy, uh, helped to work on E.T.'s eyes, uh, the look of them. Uh, filming began in 81. It was filmed under cover name so that no one would uh, try to copy the plots. Uh, Culver City is where a lot of it was shot. Uh, music, John Williams' music. Uh, I guess there was like a few different, uh, like one of the, like, I guess there's a famous script of like the E.T., E.T. 2 or whatever. And then there's the E.T. Ride, which one day we'll do an episode about. We probably should do that before the ride closes, huh? Uh, so I'll have to do that, uh. At some point, and uh, no, I'll phone home. But yeah, released. Uh, it was previewed in Houston because maybe that's where it take it takes place. Uh, and uh, it opened uh, with eleven million dollars, which is funny nowadays. Uh, it had the top spot, and then uh, it was a holiday re- season re-release. Uh, ended up surpassing Star Wars. Oh wow. Uh, it also had Reese's Pieces in there, which I think are awesome anyway. I didn't need E.T. to tell me that. Uh, though I don't think I had them. Gandhi won the Academy Award that year. Uh, so that's also interesting. Um, so just another movie. You, you could check it out. Uh, I guess there was a special edition, which is out of circulation, which was an extended version of the movie. There was an Atari game, considered one of the worst games ever made. It was in there, uh, was that the one that, uh, was that the game that's in the documentary? Yeah, then there's the attraction, $40 million uh, attraction that opened in 1990 in Universal, Florida. So I'll go on that for everybody. Uh, there was a ET2, uh, though recently I heard there was another, uh, um, whatever, uh, sequel circulating. Okay. But that's ET. What about Bryce Canyon National Park? Uh, like, uh, 
it's famous for a couple things, I think, or maybe the other one. Maybe this is Zion and Bryce. I'm getting mixed up, but Bryce Canyon, oh, which is despite the same, not a canyon, but uh, a collection of giant natural amphitheaters. So maybe Zion's the one with the canyon that you got to walk through. That's like really close. Uh, uh, but Bryce is uh, distinctive due to ge- geological structures called hoodoos formed by frost weathering. It's really beautiful. Red, orange, and white colors of the rocks. Spectacular views. Uh, and uh, oh, it sits at a much higher elevation than nearby Zion National Park. Um, it was settled by Mormon pioneers in the 1850s. Uh, it's in uh, Kane, Garfield and Kane County, Utah, in the Colorado Plateau Geographic Province. Yeah, it is very beautiful. I guess I was thinking that there's a, a hike. It must be a Zion, so <laughs> that you could go through, but you have to like re- you have to reserve it. I, I think you're used to. Uh, definitely something to check out. Uh, I guess they have a lodge. I, I think I went there. I don't remember going to any lodge or anything. I just remember going and looking at it. Uh, it's very beautiful. It has natural arches, something called Thor's Hammer, uh, extensive fir forests. Uh, you can go snowshoeing or horseback riding. Uh, so check it out. Then Cadbury Cream Egg. You probably talked about this on the podcast before. It's only been around since 1971. Here's the most interesting fact. It's at the end of the Wikipedia article. It says, uh, where is it? Uh, some of the B.J. Novak. I really like this. That uh, B.J. Novak brought to attention. Oh yeah, and Conan O'Brien in 2007. Is that the Cadbury cream eggs have decreased in size, even though Cadbury states they're the same size, and it's pretty significant. Five grams. So, uh, so that's one thing. Uh, it's a Cadbury cream egg. I think I used to always want one. Uh, and they were either too expensive or something for kids to have. Uh, then when I finally got one, I realized I didn't like it. But now I do like it. Like I probably only have like one every couple of years. Uh, it's a you know a dessert, uh, chocolate shell with uh, fondant filling, and uh, it gets sold between New Year's and Easter in the UK. Two hundred million uh, in sales. Uh, in 2016, though, they uh, they stopped using dairy milk chocolate and used a cheaper sub- substitute. Uh, so I don't know if they changed that decision. Uh, but, uh, you know, count me out, I guess. Uh, the Hershey makes them in the U.S. Uh, and Cadbury in the U.K., Cadbury Adams in Canada. Uh, Hershey's got the local rights here in the U.S., uh, uh, it was previously manufactured in New Zealand, uh, but now they're imported from the UK. So it's a little bit confusing. Uh, they were first manufactured by the Cadbury brothers in 1923, but the current form was introduced in 63. And they're usually sold individually. You've probably seen them. I mean, you know what they are, but... Uh, they're manufactured in Dundee uh, from 1983 to 2009. Yeah, let's see. Manufacturing process, varieties. I want to find more about this. Cha- oh, there's the change. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, they replaced it with standard cocoa mixed chocolate uh, and reduced the packaging from six eggs to five uh, without lowering the price. And they said they think they lost $12 million in sales. Uh, so, yeah, and I'll link to it. There's a lot more about it, uh, but it just reminded me of that. And then the last thing is a uh, baby on board reminded me of the Simpsons episode with the Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Uh, it was season five, episode one. Uh, so it kicked off the season. It was 1993. Also has George Harrison and David Crosby in the episode. Uh, let's see. Written by Jeff Martin, directed by Mark Kirtland. It features the Barbershop Quartet with Homer, the B-Sharps, uh, uh, but it kind of follows the Beatles story, or parallels the Beatles story. Uh, let's see, Bart, uh, oh, the, it goes, it, it's like a, it goes into the past, uh, and Homer's uh, Barbershop Quartet, uh, an album where he was nationally famous, him and the Barbershop Quartet, uh, how uh, they, you know, reached success and it all fell apart. Uh, and their number one hit was Baby on Board, uh, which is uh, like, it reminds me of, uh, so. One of the writers for The Simpsons suggested they create an episode based on a barbershop quartet as a parody of the Beatles. So Jeff Martin wrote it. Mark Kirkland, Kirkland, who's a big Beatles fan, directed the episode and made sure that references were accurate. Uh, uh, let's see. Animators liked creating the Beatles gags, enjoyed the music, uh, synchronized everything and, uh, with the animation and fell in love with it. Uh, a little bit inspired by the Beatles film Let It Be. Uh, let's see. Uh, B-sharp singing voices were provided by the four members of the Damper Dan, so the barbershop quartet that used to be at Disneyland. I think they got replaced, unfortunately. Because uh, Martin had seen one of their performances and enjoyed it. Wow, I didn't know that. That's really cool. And the regular a- actors kind of provo- pro- provided backup. Uh, uh, George Harrison was the second Beatle to be in a Simpsons episode. Ringo Starr was in an earlier one. Uh, let's see. Uh, but it was a secret uh, that he was coming in even though, like, the creators did come to watch. Oh, I guess Matt Groening did not know it was a secret, though. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of effort. It's a really good episode. Uh, now you can watch that on the same. It's interesting. It wasn't on purpose, but you could watch it on Disney+. Plus. So that's funny. It's like, can we watch uh, this episode of The Simpsons, the first Muppet Babies, the second Muppet Babies, and... Mandalorian. I don't know about the first Muppet Babies. I will say something I've been watching random episodes of is uh, Gummy Bears, which was a kind of like a Smurfs knockoff that Disney made, but that I was always a big fan of. I don't know why. And I, I don't know why I preferred the Gummy Bears over the Smurfs. Uh, I'm trying to figure that out now by watching it. It wouldn't be, it's not interesting enough for me to watch an episode five times, so to do it as a podcast episode. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, so that's another thing to check out. Uh, I guess I'm not, I don't like getting paid for this, but, uh, that is on Disney plus. I was, I was letting, um, I went to a random season of, uh, what was the name of the show? Oh, Gummy Bears. Uh, there's another great theme song. 
So uh, it's worth it for the theme song. If you're a Smurfs fan, watch it and, you know, decide. It, it, I mean, it's very similar to the Smurfs. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what Peo had to say about it, but uh, who knows? Or Papa Smurf. Um, but, yeah, I guess because there was less, maybe there's, it was just, like, it's easy for me to, first of all, I guess I, a Papa Smurf and um, the one Smurf that was kind of antagonistic was that Brainy. I don't know. Papa Smurf was just too, I guess because I was, it was so, my relationship with Catholicism was so complex that uh, Papa Smurf was too godlike for me. And then Brainy Smurf or whatever, whoever the Smurf was that wasn't nice, Judgy Smurf, uh, I don't know. That one made me uncomfortable too. And something about the gummy bears makeup made me comfortable. And I think there was like a Christopher Robin vibe where there was a boy or something they like uh, hung out with. Uh, and then they drank like juice and they could bounce everywhere. Gummy bear juice. So it's a little bonus, a little bit about the gummy bears, but bouncing here and there uh, and a little bit of everywhere. Because, you know, the gummy bears, the show, it was high adventure beyond compare. The name of the show was the gummy bears. Uh, good night, everybody.